0: Episode 59. Great to have you back, Gio.
1: It's nice to be back. It's been a couple of weeks.
0: I know. Last week we tried to get you. You thought we were blowing you off, but you had the uh the week off with the kids and you were running the hockey.
1: Yeah, we were the hockey show. Yeah, I forget where we were. But Minnesota. uh I, I I so here's
0: here's what I got. I I got one thing to tell you guys and then first of all, first 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 first, thank you both for your pledges to my son's uh, whatever that thing is that they're doing at school. Greatly appreciate the donations.
2: F- fantastic, you guys are awesome. He was pumped. No problem. Secondly, the only reason I gave money is because I you pressured me like seven times last night on a text, and it's like finally I was like I got to get rid of this guy.
1: That's fine. Pledge I pledge got- your your kid a little bit of money. I got- sometimes sometimes you got to do that, but I was a willing partner. I have no problem with that. Obviously you don't. Hey, and who thanks for backing more? me up. Who there? donated more, Petey? I, who I donated more? <laughs> Did you donate more? <laughs> one dollar more just to be more than Craig Reve? <laughs> Guys playing prices right with my
0: son's fucking Like how about one dollar more? Oh, it, was, it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, one thing I'm gonna say before I and here's the surprise. And Riv didn't even know it. I'm not hosting this today I, st- I may have opened this, but Riv, you're taking over i am i'm not I don't want I just want to be a guest on your show today so but while I tell you this, you can start prepare how you're gonna start um, thirty six years ago today, Master of puppets of from Metallica was released the album Master of puppets maybe you guys don't care maybe listen
2: i mean master of puppets I is love- uh arguably my favorite um album cd um i'm a am a big uh i'm a big fan of uh of uh, metallica i think they've you know right from you know the old days the ride the lightning the kill 'em all albums that were like grungy very heavy they've just i mean they've they've done marvelous things for a super heavy metal band, you know, playing with the symphony and, and, uh, the orchestra. And I mean, they're, they're, they're fantastic. They're fantastic. one of my favorite,
1: uh, one of my favorite, uh, bands of all time. Gio, you Are a Metallica a big, fan? Huge Metallica fan that, uh, the one with the San Francisco symphony is by far my favorite of Incredible. all time. Yeah. That they're double co- CD set. They're coming to Buffalo. The Buffalo, August yeah. 11th,
0: August 11th. They're going to be here. And I, I'm kind of, I kind of mixed emotions. So my, my brother's seen them a bunch of times. I've never seen them and I turned down an opportunity to see them a couple times, not because I don't like them. It's just, I, I don't know why I wasn't in the mood to, to go and see them at that, at that point. And it, so here's where I'm at. I want to go see them this, this time around, but I just think it's, is it, I just find it hard to go and see bands when they're really old, especially these guys that are like, you know, you know, heavy metal, you know, like rock stars and to see them, you know, like with the gray hair and, you know, like Kirk Hammett has, he's all white hair now, by the way, like all of it. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I want to go see some granddads, you know, rocking and rolling on uh, on stage.
2: That's just me. They still sound the same. Yeah. And I, I'll dude, say right this, up. that uh, I, I, I think I've told you this before, Petey. Um, Saku Koivu and I went, uh, got, uh, got some tickets when they were in Montreal and um, we went to the concert. And it was amazing. So we went in downstairs, parked our car, um, went up to the dressing room, the Montreal Canadians dressing room, trainers were there waiting for us, had a couple wobbly pops in the room. And then, uh, we ended up having, uh, two security guards that took us from the dressing room to our seats and walked us right to our seats. Okay. So we come out the, the hallway where, where to, to go on to the ice uh, per se, but um, we hop the boards, we walk through the where Metallica is actually all playing and standing the whole shoot match, not a big deal. And then went to the end of the rink where we hopped the boards again. And now we just went up the flight of stairs. And I told you this before, Petey, I think I told you this that one person in the stands saw Saku. Now I was about, you know, five steps behind him. And this one guy goes, Saku, Saku. He, they started screaming his name. I'm not kidding you. The chant started. Saku, Saku, Saku. I had- for a Metallica concert. Before a Metallica concert, okay, wow. I am behind Saku, giving the fist pump. <laughs> Saku, like, and he is looking behind me, going, "Quit being an idiot! Put your arm down!" I'm like, "Screw you!" I'm like, "With you wouldn't believe how loud it was. It was one of the most amazing things that when I was in the NHL that I was a part of was seeing before a Metallica concert. My favorite band." walking with one of my best buddies and and seeing this stadium chanting his name and I you would not believe how loud it was and it was amazing so we go to our seats now Sacco and I are standing with like everybody around us and they're just like literally turned around like what the hell is going on we got two of the the Canadians players standing right behind right beside us and and then the lights go down
1: and I had a headache for a week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I saw them at the bell center too. Unreal. Well worth it, Petey. They were, they were amazing. Insane, I right? Were, yeah. I saw them at the bell center and uh, might've been at the Prudential center in Jersey. City Did Point. you get to meet them after? No, no. Yeah. Did you get? I guess to meet you got to be with. Uh,
2: I guess you got to be with a real captain Sakakoi. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't yeah. have the same. Did, you, did yeah, you? get to meet them after? Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, I only got to meet uh, the 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 bass guitarist. Came out, talked to us. He was he was just absolutely fantastic. Um, and uh, did not Gee. meet uh, Lars, the drummer. Yeah, I think he's just kind of a bit of a meatball, but. It was, it was awesome. I was starstruck. It was a really, really good night. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll say this before we, before you
0: take over Riv and start hosting. Uh, so you guys know, like, I, I mean, I don't really like to talk about it too, too much, but I mean, it comes up, I'll be 10 years sober in may. And when I first quit drinking, I went back and watched, um, some kind of monster and, I just remember, cause I remember thinking like there are people that I, that are around me that I'd quit drinking that I thought, you know, like Rob raised one of them. Um, you know, there are lots of people that I know and also celebrities that you hear about and things like that, that, that make those decisions. But I went back and I watched some kind of monster and I watched James Hetfield and that whole thing when he left and went to rehab and I've watched a ton a ton of his interviews. I mean, I think I like his interviews more than I like their music. And I've, I've watched that documentary probably three times this year alone in the last calendar year. I probably watched that documentary three times. I don't know why. I just, you know, there's some, there's something about it. It's just so real. You see these, these rock stars, these icons that are just on full display and it's, and their lives are wide open. And it's, it's like, uh, very transparent and it's, it's not anything we'd ever seen before. And that's kind of the, the, the the critics, that's what the critics were saying when the documentary first came out is just like how, you know, they, you know, as, as, you know, James Hetfield put it, you know, they pulled back the veil on, on Metallica. So you could see what they were all about, how they operated the struggles that they had. And I mean, that guy is, To me, James Hetfield is a role model, man. I mean, he went from being a complete and utter degenerate, belligerent to, you know, the ultimate family man and and sober, clean and sober. And I just, I don't know, I have a lot of respect for that. And I, you know, I, that's so, that's just, you know, when I think about Metallica, I think about, I think about the impact James Hetfield has had on my life personally. I don't even know the guy. You know, I don't, I have no idea. I've never met him. I'd love to meet him. I know he's a big San Jose Sharks fan. Is he not?
1: I know they're from out. Yeah, they did that. They've done a few things with the Sharks for sure over the years. Yeah. Whether it was the all-star game or I know they did the the, cup finals. Did they do the cup finals too or something like that?
0: Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, anyway, I just thought I, I thought I'd bring that up and I wanted to mention, uh, thank you guys for pledging. So
2: Riv, take it over, take it over. Here we go. Well, I guess the first and foremost, Gio, you, you watched the game last night, didn't you? I did. 5-1. It's a team that's lost six in a row. You know, they've, they've, uh, they've had their struggles. They've played some very good games this year, but they've had some struggles, okay? And you walk into Toronto Maple Leafs. This is a powerhouse team that has an insane amount of offense. Um, you would call them, I think you would call them, Um a cup contender and you could, we could sit here and debate this all day, but they're a team that is still one of the top in the league. They've played exceptionally well. What the heck happened last night? And I'm going to tell you this. We've all been in the situation. All of us have been in the situation where the Toronto Maple Leafs come into Buffalo. I step out on the ice and two thirds of the building is wearing white and blue. You know, the, it, it just it is so irritating for a, for, a, for a hockey player that's trying to represent your barn, your team, your city, and the entire, the, the entire building or two thirds of the building is from another team. They come in, they usually do very well. They walk out of there, they're cocky, this and that and the other. And I couldn't help but think last night with a smile on my face. Good for you guys. Good for this team last night to put a spanking on the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: In Toronto. In Toronto. In Toronto. That's another, like, that's huge, right? Like, it's, I want to say that's almost better than doing it at home because you're in front of their fans and and ribs you know like obviously being in buffalo and montreal toronto fans are are some of the hardest to like because it is leafs nation anywhere you go and being on the other side of that rivalry with two different teams there's nothing better than going into Toronto and coming out of there, either whether they're booing their team off the ice or they're leaving the building early. There's nothing better than having that happen in Toronto. Very much. So,
2: I mean, you, you look at, uh, you look at, uh, some of the big rivalries around the national hockey league, the battle of Alberta, the hatred of Edmonton and Calgary. Those are always spirited places, spirited battles. Every game means something. Um, you look at, uh, you know, the Rangers playing the Islanders, you know, or something like uh, along those lines. There's spirited, you know, battles between these teams. Well, Montreal and, Buffalo, or, uh, you know, Buffalo and Toronto have that hatred for one another. They really do because they're, they're close proximity. You know, it just sucks right now that they they can't seem to figure out to get two great teams on the ice together. It's either Toronto sucked back in the day and, and and the Sabres were good and winning president's trophies or now it's vice versa. You know, yeah. Buffalo trying to find their identity. They're, you know, trying to, you know, work with these young players to make this team better for years to come. And you have Toronto right now that
1: is a cup contender. Do you, Do you think that there's a generation of fans that don't, see the rivalry with Toronto like they haven't really kind of experienced well if you're a Buffalo fan right now because it's not fueled right like there's what what fuels hatred big games uh, emotional games arrogance fuels (laughs) hatred yeah if
2: you're a Buffalo fan right now and you know listen I mean there's been a uh, a decade of pain
1: and suffering okay but Toronto isn't Toronto isn't reciprocating that same that same feeling that Buffalo is right now. Buffalo has, well, you'd have to go back 15 years jail. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think there's a generation that doesn't even see this as a rivalry. And because of that, because Because the Sabres have been so bad for the last decade. Yeah. But before
2: that, when the Buffalo Sabres showed up in Toronto, Okay, or those Toronto fans came over the borders and watched their Toronto Maple Leafs play in Buffalo and got absolutely spanked. Those were not good times for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Those were not good times for the fans. So there is a rivalry there because of the proximity, the the distance between the two
0: teams. I think Carlo Koliakovo tweeted the most perfect line last night. He wrote, The NHL teaches you a great lesson when you don't respect your opponent. I think the Leafs just thought it was going to be easy last night, to be honest with you, with Sabres. What did they lose? Six, seven in a row, six in a row for sure. You know, goaltending issues. They had a 40 year old goalie in net. They had, they had not playing very well at all. Um, You know, they had, you know, that game in St. Louis where it looked like they had some energy in life, but I mean, they, they still, they didn't get the job done. And by that, I mean, win the game. And I think that's what happened. I think, you know, Toronto came out last night thinking it was going to be easy, maybe even stat night, especially after the week they've had with the goals, right? We had that the Detroit game where they win 10-7 and, you know, you just, you look and you think, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, man, the Leafs did not take this team seriously.
1: No. And, and listen, it happens different ways, right? Like how does, when we say they don't take them seriously, they came off, like you said, PD, a big big week where they're scoring goals they're feeling good about themselves and now it is a Wednesday night against the Buffalo Sabres who are towards the bottom of the league that extra motivation to get up for the game the extra motivation to really dig in deep and kind of it, it's not there because you've you've had success in this immediate week and you're just facing a team that is towards the bottom of the standing. So it's a, it's a mental and physical reaction to what's, what's going on with them. And so I, I don't think they respected them, but I think it's somewhat natural to have that dip and then get punched in the face and then have to have to eat it. Every team does it. You've done it on teams you've been on. It's happened to us. Um, it's just, a natural thing over the course of an 82 game schedule. Well, they play again on March
0: 13th. All right. Outdoor game. Uh, is that March 13th? Yeah, it is March. I guess that, I think it's the outdoor game. That's the outdoor game. Uh, they, so, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Those games are a crapshoot. Who knows what's, what's going to happen, um, in a game like that, but I don't expect, I expect a much different effort from the Leafs. I'll tell you that, man. You know, I mean, I don't think they're going to come out next time and play their backup goalie. I'll tell you that. You know, they, they, they gave the Sabres Mrazic and, you know, I just,
2: well, you're, what are we saying? uh not a great goaltender. No, but I think you No, Jesus, you love to spin shit. Don't you? I, all I was saying
0: was, you know, normally against teams like the Sabres that are where they're at in their standings, you normally play your backup
1: goalie. Do you not? Yes, yeah, I, 100%. I would like to see. That, I would like to see that stat. How many backup goalies they face? The it's interesting. Probably all of them. You know I mean, like, well, what, probably like, all of them. In, in all honesty, the only time you're getting their starter is if the other team's coming off of a a couple a break, right? Like, where okay, it's that guy. There's not a back to back. There, there might be seeing the starter, but that, I like that. I'd like to look that up. Uh, I'll take, uh, I'm going to take
0: a peek at that too. I'm curious. I'm curious to see that. Riv, uh, your tweet last night was interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the
0: video was interesting is what it is. I've so Gio, Gio like here's, it. here's the story behind that video. Okay. <laughs> Rivs. Rivs calls me right as, as middle stats skating off the screen. Right. And I answered the phone. I, I picked up the phone and I didn't even say hello. All I said was, please tell me you're calling me because you just saw middle stats skate away <laughs> right in the middle of a scrum. I'm not looking for him to fight. I, I don't
2: want anyone to fight there. I don't care. You don't need to give the well, people anything. were dogging me on me, sending that video out and showing, well, literally Look, a me scrum finish. going let me, on let me, let me with Austin for Matthews for coming into the scrum. Okay. And Casey Middlestad literally out of nowhere, just skates to the bench <laughs> to me. Like, I swear to God, if I was the coach of that team, I would send him right to the room because it's right. a depiction of I'm what middle, your team I'm is about you, how the video came about.
0: You can tell that after, in fact, this goes along with a text. Someone messaged me yesterday to Gio at eight uh, fifty three eight 53 AM. I want to cut up your audio video and ring a bell Every time Craig cuts you or a guest off and see how many dings <laughs> there are by the end of the episode. <laughs> but anyway, so Riv texts me last night and he says, or he calls me and, and, and I, I said, please tell me you're calling me because you just saw Middlestad skate out of the scrum. He's like,
2: are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? He goes. I don't know if your
0: TV rewinds or not. Can you rewind your TV? I'm like, yeah, I can. Re- I can. Re- I can rewind. He goes. I want you to take that video right now and send it to me. So, no, you started. can't. You can't rewind on your video <laughs> on your TV, Chris. Can't.
2: <laughs> Two ninety nine a month, and it's crucial when you're watching. It's crucial when you're watching games. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to take the opportunity. And rag on Casey Middlestadt today. I'm not going to do it. But what I will say, it's just a telling tale of what is going on down there. Now, yeah, not, not about, everybody not is Gacy. in the scene. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's, no, well, interrupting you. you're interrupting me, and I'm the one throwing <laughs> my neck on the line with all these He's wieners the uh, the basically tweeting back going, that's not his game. Well, it wasn't Austin Matthews' game either, but he was in there just grabbing someone to calm things down. You you're stronger. You are stronger in numbers. Gio, you're not a fighter. You're not a fighter not in the slightest. You're a goal scorer. You were a guy that played with an insane amount of speed. You scored goals. You knew how to play the game, but I'm going to tell you right now, if there was a scrum there, you and your five foot eight frame would be right there backing up the toughest guy in the team or the weakest guy in the team, because you knew, and you also learned from the group that you came in with the the scott stevens the ken danico's the the randy mckay's like it went on and on and on they ever saw you skate away from a pile where your players there's players getting face face washed you know with the gloves and stuff like that and casey Middlestadt skates away I don't care if he's injured. I don't care what injury he has. He doesn't have to do anything. His presence being there is everything that he needs to do and what his teammates expect from him. This is mind-boggling to sit there today, okay? And this is where I differ from the thought process of maybe the uh, school of thought today. They're going to go and watch an unbelievable job by all these people. Players, uh, Tage Thompson ripping his 23rd, unbelievable, by the way, um, Kyla Poso scoring his 14th on pace for 20 some, not a big deal. You know, Dylan cousins getting two assists, winning battles, making plays. I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't show any of it. I would show one clip, one, one clip I would show. And that's Casey Middlestat skating out of that goddamn pile. And then I'd turn it off. I'd say, okay, get ready for practice. And I want everybody in the room to see Casey Middlestat skate away from his teammates. It has nothing to do with toughness. It doesn't have to do with fighting. It has to do with being a team, being together. Being there for one another. I don't expect Casey Middlestat to fight. I I don't think Casey Middlestat should fight an, in his entire career. But he is obligated by wearing that jersey and that crest on his sweater, being in that pile, just standing there is, is enough for everybody to say he was there. That's the equivalent to being at the bar with your buddies
0: and, and somebody starts something with you and then one guy just goes and grabs himself a beer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it is. You can't even argue any any part of your... Uh, I like to take the other side a lot of times with your wrist, but there's no there's no excuse for it. You can't. No one is saying to fight. There were scrum after scrum after scrum and everybody's a part of it you just grab someone and you stand, you could be, you can be buddy, buddy with that guy, but you do not leave the other four guys in that corner or on the boards. You could be talking about dinner that night that you guys are going for drinks, whatever yep. it may be, but you're standing next to the guy and you are there. Either. in case Anything happens. You know I mean there? And you, you talk about what I came into in New Jersey and and Scott Stevens. And I sent you guys the clip of my first fight. Like, it, it's off of a scrum. I'm tied up with Todd Marchant and I end up, we end up fighting, but Scott Stevens literally is circling around. It was my rookie year. He's staying close to the fight to make sure nothing happens. Now this isn't a scrum. This is a fight. Like this is not what it was yesterday, but that's the mentality. If anything goes wrong, Scott Stevens is jumping in, grabbing him, taking a third, third guy in to make sure his teammate doesn't he'll take the suspension he'll take the extra penalty to stick and listen you know what you know where
2: where we're gonna have differing thoughts geo is what you just described that happened 25 years ago okay and people are gonna sit there like the guy i dealt with last
1: night on twitter (laughs) that's that's your problem that you're dealing with people on twitter just listen i I don't know i mean i'm gonna tell you right now I don't tweet
2: very much. I am not on Twitter. I am not sending out tweets, but when I see something I don't like, it is, it is, it is code red. And I'm going to tell you right now that was code red for me because the Sabres right now have a lot of good things going on. No, maybe when you look at the the 9 wins, uh you know, 9 wins in 50 games or 53 games, maybe people are going to sit there and go, "Where where's the positive in this?" There is a lot of positive with the Sabers. There are positives that we are seeing. You know, whether it's the 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 Tuck, whether it's Jeff Skinner who is absolutely he is playing the best hockey he has played as a Saber in in four years this is even his fourth even year with even his team. the 40 goal year i'd, I'd agree 40 goal year he is playing 10 times better this young man i don't know what's going on with jeff skinner i do not maybe 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 it's don granado maybe don granado is just a genius and getting and talking with these guys to say if you want to make the playoffs jeff You've got to do this. It can't just be score goals. And he is playing the game properly. You know, you look at, you look at Dylan Cousins. He hasn't had the greatest year because I expect more from him. I think he is going to be a special player in this game and he is continuing to get better. Okay. Tage Thompson. I called that years ago. Did I not Petey? Call it years ago that Tage Thompson was going to be a 25 goal scorer in this league, and I got shit on. Okay, there are a lot of positive things. You want to know what's positive? Is is our top offensive defenseman who has insane amount of poise, the puck moving ability. Okay, and he's in front of the net, taking abuse from a Toronto player, and him not taking any shit. And cross-checking this guy back, and showing that he is not going to take anything. This is Rasmus Dahlin. These are things that translate into the minds of the players that you play against for the future. And there are a lot of good things that we're seeing from the Sabers last night. It was a storybook fairy tale game for this team. They, they worked exceptionally hard. They did a lot of great things. They were absolutely buzzing, but my one little, my one little thing, and it's a small thing, maybe in some people's eyes, but in my eyes and still a lot of teams in this national hockey league, you have to have a tight team and that to me that small little insignificant play still needs to be addressed that's just what i think
1: do you, do you do you address it individually do you address it individually and with the team or do you go with your your thing as you just blindside the shit out of them rating that Team video session and just embarrass him for it. Like, how do you handle that? You're Renato. Well, your well you're I'm, not in, you're, you're, you're I'm not in the business of embarrassing. You're Kevin. I'm not in the business of
2: embarrassing. I'm in the business of him being an understanding. There's things that you do and there's things that you don't. And this is something yeah, not, that I'm cannot happen again. I'm
1: do you think it even got brought that's up what's to you? Happen if you what's that? Do you I think don't, this, I don't know that it's brought up? And I'm, I'm going to go out on a and say
0: that this that that it's it wasn't even. Unless unless Don Granado follows Craig on Twitter, I, I can honestly tell you that I I don't think that he would have a, an issue with
1: what happened. I don't know like, that don't, he would. not I don't think he would not have I, I think he would have an issue with what happened. Now, whether he sees it or not, whether he is watching the game film that closely, whether he saw it live or not are all the variables for me. I think if you see yeah. that as a coach and I think, the way Granado is, I think he would have an issue with that. These, I these, I uh, don't know whether it's 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 going to be seen and brought to light is what. Well, that would be wrong then, Geo,
2: because I'm going to tell you right now. You know what's going to happen in the videos today? It's going to be an easy day for Matt Ellis and the other assistant coaches breaking down all of the great things that this team did, the four check, the back check, they blocked shots. They were physical. They moved the puck exceptionally well. They scored timely goals. They were tenacious. This was a very good game for this hockey team. This is something that you, you like to see as a coach. You like to see your um, all the hard work that you put in practice. You're, you're going to start to talk about key things that you're doing in practice are starting to translate into the game. Don Granado is going to show all this stuff. Okay. But I'm going to tell you right now, your hockey is not a perfect game. There is always going to be mistakes. It's there's never been a game in the history of the hockey anywhere on the planet that has ever been perfect. There's two teams have never been perfect. I look at the Casey Middlestat thing, not trying to embarrass them. Okay. It's, it, it has nothing to do with that's not my job or this. No, it's everyone's job. Okay, because this is a team that cares for each other. It's 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 your brothers. These are these are your brothers. You're going, you're going to battle every single night against other teams. And if you can understand that you are going to play not only just for yourself and your points and your goals and your assists and this, that, and the other, but you are going to play for each guy sitting across from you, sitting beside you. Once you have that feeling that everybody is in this and the care for each other is so tight this team will automatically be stronger and this has to be shown so, because so. it's not just about Casey Middlestat. Okay. Let's get something straight. This is not about Casey Middlestat. This is about the entire team and the environment that they've had for literally 10 years. Okay. This is about understanding that this is not about fighting. It's not about throwing bombs in the pile and suckering guys on Toronto. This is about being there with your teammates and supporting whatever
1: happens at any given time. I'm not. I'm not saying you. I don't know if you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm not saying not to show it. What I'm saying is this happens in a five-one romping of the team. That coaching staff is not going through the video as intensively as they would if they lost five to one. If they lose five to one, I absolutely think that that comes out of it because you're looking at it and you're pissed off watching the video. You're finding mistakes and things that are going wrong with your team. And that is just another example of when you lose, that's the kind of things that yeah. happen. Right. So what what I'm saying is I don't even know if it will be seen because of the five one win and that they're not going to go through the video as intensively as they would if they were to have lost that game five to one i guess that's my i guess that's my point is i don't even know i think the coaching staff would have an issue with it if they if it if it's seen if it is if it's noticed if the
2: environment today is going to be is going to be pretty pretty fun to get to the rink okay and there are you are going to watch video you are going to watch the power play and the penalty kill, and You're going to watch the breakouts and how we forechecked and where's the one, two, two, or the two, one, two, or the one, three, one, or whatever the hell they play. We're, you know that that's going to happen. Going to break down. Those coaches are going to break down the good things and things that they need to improve on. But I'm going to tell you, if you are a good coach, this is not about embarrassing Casey Middlestad. This has nothing to do with that. This has to do with having Casey understand who's a young guy. Okay. Who hasn't played a lot of games in this league, he needs to understand that there's certain things that you need to do that are under that are out of your control sometimes and out of your comfort zone. Okay. That's that's the important thing to understand. Now, this is a game number 53 or 54 in the in the you know the the regular season. Okay. Relatively lifeless. You can like slap your wrist, see if the pulse is going. I'm going to tell you right now, Casey Middlestad doesn't understand that that type of game and what he did, and it's a very mi- minute part of the game. It didn't, didn't affect the game, but all these little things will translate into the playoffs when, when things are much tougher, much well, tougher yeah, to play. Yeah. The emotions get a lot higher where the it, battle levels go through the roof. If Casey doesn't understand that, and support his teammates because they're going to support him. These are things that it's not just about Casey Middlestat watching this on this team. It's about everybody watching this on this team. Yes, you have to forecheck, backcheck, hit, block shots, you know, do all those things. Those are the X and Os of the game, but this is part of the game. This is the game within the game. Well,
1: if you okay? if you do those X and, X's and O's without the Emotion without the team mentality, without the pulling for each other, you're you, you're just a, a a good team in the sense that you can get by, you can win games, you can maybe make it into playoffs. But until you come together as a team, until you pull for each other like that, until you are legitimately, you you can say and talk all you want that hey, I got your back, I got the guys back next to me, I got him, but. It's the actions with which you do it. It's how you live it day in and day out, whether that's on the ice, whether that's in the dressing room, whether that's in the weight room, in the training room, in the coach's room, whatever it may be. If you got that guy's back, it will translate into something deeper and better. And until you have that, you're not going to be a true cup contender because nobody wins the cup without having a team like that. Absolutely, well, that, and, it, and listen, it's, I mean, it's this the, goes
2: like, would Scott Niedermeyer be in there? Would he have skated to the bench? Not a He's chance. there Just saying to himself, you know what? I'm on the ice with Ken Danico right now. I think Ken Danico can handle himself. So I'm just going to like skate to the bench. Ever. Could you imagine? No. Could you imagine? I don't care if it's Scott Niedermeyer. Your team would be like, oh, my well, Lord. Well, the coach would have said something at the intermission.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean,
0: something would have been said. I mean, it yeah. doesn't matter. And listen i, I don 't want to make this a
2: big deal it 's not a big when deal. eight it's it's minutes it's a, on it it 's a piece to the <laughs> puzzle that has been missing for a very long time on this team. Can we agree with that yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There needs to be a collective understanding of of how you are going to play as a team. Casey Middlestadt is insanely skilled. he has got incredible hockey iQ. There needs if you want to win regularly on a regular basis, everybody has to care for each other. And everyone has to support each other in all whether you're winning, whether you're losing, when things are tough, you need to, you know, support each other. And when you're in situations like that where you have players on your team battling in a corner in a in a maybe a little scrum of fisticuffs, you don't get up and skate away. Because now you're outnumbering. Now you're outnumbered in that corner.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, fellas. Uh, that win could not have come at a more crucial time for this team. And, you know, yeah. because they had lost uh, Ottawa, Colorado. Six in a row. Columbus, Montreal, St. Louis, Dallas. seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, six four, five, six. Six in a row. And then now they have a nice homestand. But here's their schedule coming up. Minnesota. Okay. LA, Florida, Vegas. And then you have Toronto again on the 13th. And then after that, you have three days, but you head out West. You have Edmonton. Who's in a dog fight. Calgary. Who's awesome. Vancouver. Who's in the fight of their life. You, then you have Pittsburgh, Washington, the Rangers who are arguably my favorite to win the the East this year. And then you might, I don't even want to call it an easy game in Chicago, you know, but you don't have an opponent that is easy. There are no easy opponents, but I mean, you know what I mean when I say that until March 20, March
1: 28th. So, and I mean, when's that, the, when's the trade deadline too? Is it early April there? I don't 21st, know the date March, March 21st. So that's going to throw a huge wrinkle on things too, because even these teams that are perceived your Blackhawks or whatever, it should be an easier game. There's going to be motivated players to try to get to certain, certain destinations. And on well, that, that, that
0: game's after the, after the deadline. I didn't know. Yeah, what yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking at it right but here. But I'm to, saying like,
1: in the, in those scenarios, you face these teams down the stretch like that, that are, that are going to be motivated individually.
2: So, playing those games. How many, how many matter, uh, right? moves you think uh, could be made on this team? on the saber is there is there a number that that's an over under for for our team at
1: the deadline yes i don't know i mean i don't i don't think you're all that active you're making a transaction or two but i think you're continuing to just build this team and and, and do it the right way and uh what happens at the deadline is you're just looking you're looking for draft picks so i don't i don't see a ton of transactions coming out of, out of the sabers i think they got their young core they're going to build around they'll move a couple pieces maybe for a draft pick or two but i don't think much is gonna happen. let me
0: ask you this joe with this team in their cap space if you were gm would you be taking on salary to acquire like, you know, you get, you take on big salary and you get maybe a
1: a good young prospect or a draft pick at the same time. Yeah. I, but I don't know that that happens at the deadline. I think that is your draft. That's your summer trade. You know what I mean? I, I, a big trade like that doesn't necessarily happen for non-contending teams at the deadline. You know what I mean? Like obviously circumstances around it, team needs to get rid of salary and they're motivated to do it, you can take advantage of them. But I think those deals take a little longer and that you see those more around the draft.
0: I, I mean, I, Victor Olofsson's got to be moved. He's got to be moved. In my opinion, it's not a hatred of Victor Olofsson. It's just simply this guy needs a change of scenery. Uh, it's just it's, it, it hasn't been the same with him in the last year and a half. I don't know who would take him. I don't know who wants him. Uh, Elliot came on and what did he say that day? So what did he say, Riv? maybe the Rangers? He could see the Rangers maybe taking a flyer yeah. on him.
2: You yeah. Know, the, you year? know, the Rangers are in a situation that, you know, Victor Olafson's not making a ton of money. He's making $3 million, a lot of money, but he's not making the five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, Victor Olafson at the start of the year started off exceptionally well. Okay. Got injured, and then it's it's been a real struggle for a goal scorer. He, you know, he scored again last night, which I'm extremely happy to see where he scored the goal. He on scored literally standing on top of the crease. And uh, you know, we've been saying this for for quite a while. Like he went on a 28-game goal, goalless drought, scored two, and then went on another. You know, a couple game goalless drought, and last night in Toronto, he scored standing right on top of the crease. And we've been saying that that he is a perimeter player. He's playing on the outside. He's trying to utilize his big shot, but he's just not able to to, to pull the trigger because you know they're very aware of his shot now. And now he's got to go to the scoring areas. He's got to go to the danger areas. The the areas that you might take a cross check or a slash or a bump or something but you're going to get rewarded if you go there. Um, You know, listen, Victor Olsen is, is, is a really talented hockey player. He skates very well. He sees the ice very well. He's got an, he's got a world-class shot. My only issue is that you cannot have the same type of player throughout your entire lineup. And our, our lineup is made up of, mostly the same type of player you know i'd like to see someone in victor olivson's position to play a much heavier style game someone still that can score goals someone still that can skate but someone that is bigger heavier more physical and i think that would add to the overall team more than what what gives Speaking of your
0: uh, stat video last night, did you see Zach Ronaldo uh, responded to it?
2: <laughs> did you see? Yeah.
0: He sent the uh, he sent like a, a chicken. <laughs>
2: just a chicken emoji. And I don't think Casey Middlestadt's chicken. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I just think that he needs to be told and shown the video. Don't ever do that again. Because I, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be in a situation you're going to be in a situation many, many, many times in this league that you're going to need backup. And if you're skating away from the scrum, do you want other guys skating away from the scrum when you're the, the centerpiece of it? I don't think so. I think you're going to want that backup.
1: But, but he must've have, have been in a situation like this already. You can't, You can't blame it on that. He hasn't like, he went from, yeah, this crap, I'm looking it up right now. So he went from the 18 team to green Bay to Minnesota. And then here he's dealt with scrums before. It's not like you can say he's still young and doesn't know he's young, but he's been in this pro hockey long enough. Casey middle has been
2: a stud for years he's mr minnesota he went from high school hockey where he shredded it then he went to the uh ushl at 17 and absolutely shredded it got picked eighth overall went to minnesota or um was it minnesota yeah yeah. and and played exceptionally well
1: i don't think he's ever been coached to you can't he's been coached though because because he I don't care whether you've been coached or not. There's been situations that he's come across. You can't say that maybe in his first year, you could say, OK, in college that which is crap because that that crap happened in college, happened in college with me. It happened. You know, what I mean, like a top guy in college, you still that stuff happens. So you can't say that it was Oh, this kid's just a year or two removed from high school hockey where that stuff doesn't happen. He's been a pro for long enough, a pro, and this is taking out junior and college, long enough to have learned that lesson already. Yeah, you know I mean, you you can't say that he hasn't been. Coached. Who's going to learn it from? I, I'm just saying. It, well, I mean, you all you got to do is watch watch hockey around. Like
0: no one, no all one ever. The league. What do you mean? Who's he going to learn it from? Like. What do you mean? You can be self-taught that he that's, that's like some kids are not
2: self-taught. Some kids need to be, he must not watch watch the NHL then at all. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's playing Fortnite all night. I don't know. (laughs) That's not the point. The point is who's going to keep him accountable is not the coach necessarily. It's going to be the players.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: we'll see what happens.
0: We'll see if that stuff changes. Um, you guys actually think the Leafs are a Stanley cup contender. You guys have tossed that around a few times. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say this because the Sabres are in the position they're in, you know, it's hard. It's hard to, they're not going to the playoffs, but I will say that I want to see the Rangers. I'm rooting for big time because of Chris jury and he built that team. And he took a lot of criticism about how he was going about building it with some toughness and all this stuff. And I want to see the Leafs win for both for different reasons. One, I would love to see the Leafs win the cup because I just think it would be amazing to witness what Toronto would do the city. If they won the cup as simple as that, love them or hate them. I don't even care. I want to see them win for that reason. The Rangers are a different story. I want to see them win because you know, Chris jury is the new GM there. Mike Greer's there. They got the new coach that, you know, but do you actually think the Leafs are, are, are cup contenders? There are people that don't even think they're getting out of the first round again. And if they don't get out of the first round, what happens then? That's, that's the big question for me. Like Sheldon Keith gone, Dubis gone. And I think they just restart, not restart, rebuild. I mean, restart with GM and coach and all that. So right now,
2: if Toronto goes to the playoffs, they play Carolina. Not an easy series. <laughs> I mean, Carolina is, as far as I'm concerned, could be the most structured team in all of hockey. No, They're if, they, probably, if the Leafs went to the playoffs right now, they play Florida in the first round. No, they wouldn't.
0: Yes, they would. Carolina would play Washington. Tampa would play Boston, Florida, Toronto, Pittsburgh, New York. So it would go first place team in the conference plays second wild card second, uh, team in the conference. So the, so the leader of the other division plays wild card one and then two and three play each other. Well, just look at, just
1: take the playoff teams, Tampa, Florida, Florida, Carolina, Pit, Rangers, Boston, Washington. It's a monster. The Leafs group. can get beat by any one of those teams. I think Easily. the Leafs are the eighth best team of those eight. And and th- this is the and I, I get right, like Toronto's needs to win. They need to move and advance in the playoffs. They can't just keep making it and falling out. But the first round is one of the hardest rounds to get through in playoffs. Because Toronto would play Florida in the
0: first round. Why, why do you say that? Why do you say that, Joe? Yeah. And yeah, they would, I want to hear this though. Why,
1: why do you say that? Well, because you have, it's, it's a trap in in certain instances that you're playing a weaker team, but I'll tell you what, there's no playoff team that's weak. There's your, as you go through the playoffs, you build momentum, you build your identity as a team in through the playoffs. And so the first round is a feeling out, right? Like you're getting into it. Uh, Certain guys that may have not played in the playoffs are getting a feel for playoff hockey. What it's like, as it goes along each round, you continue to build and get better. Look at Montreal. They just last year, they built off of momentum from series to series to series and they got momentum from winning that first round for feeling it out. And they may have been taken lightly in that first round. And so now the opponent doesn't have that extra little bit because they're like, ah, we're the favorites. We should get by this. We finished first in our division. We finished first in the East. We're a top ranked team, but one eight matchup is not an easy matchup by any means. Look at, look at that, what it's going to be. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm looking, that's why looking the first at, round is, is not uh, like, it is not easy to get out of
0: remember no. Tampa but, Bay a few years ago, they set a record for points and Columbus, they, did they
1: sweep yeah. them? Uh, I believe they did. Columbus sw- yeah. swept them. Uh, yeah. Three years ago. But if, if, if they get by that, they could win a cup Tampa. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's that close. That's what people don't realize. And what's frustrating about it is, Oh, they lost another, time in
0: the first round <laughs> hard, I know you won a cup but I mean was there a team that was better than the cup team you were on that you were shocked that you didn't make it further
1: uh there was lots of teams the I, I don't know that they were better but there were plenty of times that you know that uh, I mean we lost to Carolina in our first round in New Jersey and we shouldn't have uh we were up and they ended up tying the game and then going. And I want to say it was like, didn't something happen with the game. Didn't know Purdue let in a, a rough one late. Yeah. So we, we let a, a goal up. We're up. It would have been uh, I'm trying to think it. It might've been game seven. And I we, think it was, yeah, game it was game seven. Oh, nine ish is what I'm thinking. Oh, eight
0: Oh nine. Cause I went Against to Jersey Carolina. the next year.
1: Yep. So yeah, that was my last game as a devil. Uh, because I went to Montreal, so they for twenty five million, no big deal. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> 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 it was pretty I, nice. I told you <laughs> what, <laughs> he what are you to what you to say. It was pretty nice. I, I told no you. Lying. I told you what Lou said to me. I want to hear the rest of this. But I told you what Lou said to me. He said, uh, "I told I told Brian he needs to take that deal because I couldn't pay him that much. I, I yeah. wanted Brian back, but uh, you know, I just I I I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't pay him that."
1: Yeah. And it, it, he did, he, he allowed me, he took himself off the board essentially. So I didn't take a huge hometown discount cause I would have in a heartbeat for New Jersey. Um, so we, we, they tie it up with, I don't know. I want to say like 15 to 30 seconds left in the game. Face-off comes out to center ice after a goal. Can I tell you, I think it's stall or someone, John Madden's taking the face off it gets the face off gets one straight into our zone and within 5 seconds they score the go-ahead goal in 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 a matter of 10 to 15 seconds they went from down one losing that series to winning the series and moving on that year that's like those are the things that happen man those bounces what, and shit that happened in the it, first round it was a okay now it was a bad
0: goal but i know you don't want to the guy but he's the greatest top three greatest goalies of all
1: time but that was wasn't a bad boo-boo by uh mb MB 30 yeah i mean i I wouldn't say it wasn't one of the worst ones he's ever had like we're the one in the cup finals with anaheim that he went to go play the puck he drops a stick it hits his stick goes through his legs in the net you know like but you guys won the cup that year so i mean that's nullified that's nullified but i mean like in terms of like Crucial your, moment yeah, for sure. It was, it was, it was not, it was one Marty would probably want to have back. It's hard to say that because you're in that position because of Marty Berdur, too, right? Like, he gave you a chance all year to win, right? You won games in that series because of Marty Berdur. So, one gaffed play, soft goal, according to Marty Berdur standards, and you can't place the blame on a guy like that that has done. S- and won so many games for you. You know I mean? You still shouldn't have been in that situation no matter what. We still shouldn't have given up the chances we did. Yeah. So that, that, that goes, that's probably one of the, we had a great team, really good team. And we probably could have gone further. And then in the matter of 15 to 20 seconds, everything changes.
0: So I'll ask you guys this, cause apparently I've taken over the hosting role. Cause Craig has literally talked the entire time. So, and the role of the host, Riv, is to ask the questions, let the guests speak. Okay, just so you know, not ask the question and then answer your own question for eight, nine, 10, 12 <laughs> minutes,
2: multiple times. Listen, uh, I'm out. Thank you. Uh, I enjoyed uh, episode number fifty nine. I'm done.
0: No, you're He's not. Because you got to himself out. You got talk too much. You got to answer. You got to answer this question. Give me your two, Give me your conference finals. Two teams from the East that you think are locks to go to the cup and two teams from the West that you think are locks to go to the cup. And impossible I saw possible
2: obviously- to do that is literally impossible to do. Well then
0: play with me a little bit here. Let's like, I'll play with you, Petey. Thank you, Geo. Fuck out of the East. <laughs> Someone gets you want it. Two teams out of the East, right? Two teams out of the East that you think can go to the dance.
1: Not Carolina. necessarily
0: win it, Carolina. Yeah,
1: okay. okay, Carolina and man. Florida. Carolina and Florida. I think out of the East. Okay, okay. The and in, in, like listen, any one of I get Ribs' point. You can't do it. Any one of those eight teams that are a playoff team right now can be there. But I like those two teams, and I like Colorado mini one of those two teams in the west really
0: okay yeah all right river
2: um we're going to circle back to this in and- carolina for sure carolina is a shoe in for me okay and i uh oh man carolina florida and 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 listen i'm Carolina and Florida, and I think that's who Gio picked. If I'm not mistaken, it is, it I was is really exactly paying attention. Okay, uh, I'm not picking Florida because you know my 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 cousins on it. I'm picking Florida because I truly believe right now that Jonathan Huberdeau, Sam Reinhart, Barkoff, Ekblad, Declare, like all of these guys, Mac Weger, Bennett, like this is a very very deep hockey team that plays a brand of hockey. That is really, really tough to play against. They have some big guys like Mason Marchment, Sam Bennett's playing very physical. They have, you know, Patrick Hornquist who's, who's been uh, hurt a little bit this year. That's starting to come back. Like, I mean, this team is, uh, is a really, really good hockey team and, and they've shown it all year. Um, Carolina to me is going to be the hardest team to play against. And, and I, and I believe that because their philosophy in winning is defense first, which that's the opposite for Florida, Tampa Bay, you know, Rangers, like you name it, all those teams in the league that are having success, Toronto Maple Leafs, they're, they're the exact opposite. They're offense first. Carolina is the one team in the league that they have, if I'm not mistaken, the best goals against the guest goals against in the league. They're defensively responsible. Um, they're, they're top players in Carolina. Um, you know, players like uh Aho, who's a, who's a Finn who Finns care about defense first. Okay. Um you look at Sebastian Ajo. This is the number 1 team in the National Hockey League right now. He only has 56 points in 50 games. Go and look at all the other top teams in the league. All their top guys are in the 70s. You know, they're they're just crushing it right now. Carolina's top player, 56 points. So you guys couldn't have picked two worst teams from the East
0: in terms of HRR. Stanley Cup final. <laughs> Stanley Cup final tickets and devastating. No, no, glass dude. would be like $90. <laughs> yeah, but
1: yeah, I agree. For sure.
2: It would be Carolina, devastating, right? Carolina every player, player in the league, every player Carolina in the is going to be building. rooting for those teams to go out early. <laughs> what are the two teams you want in the in the in the uh, conference finals out of the East? You want let me what, hear, Rangers in Toronto.
0: Too. Let me hear your Western picks too. Just pick two. We don't need by Western. It's very simple. The Colorado
2: Avalanche, I think, is going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Okay. Um, they they are extremely deep on the, on the uh, forward line. They're exceptionally solid on the defense. They're going to tinker around with that liner with uh, lineup with maybe one or two players, and they are going to be a powerhouse. Um, the other team that I think is going to emerge from uh, the East is going to be Calgary. I think Calgary's younger players, so-called younger players, the Johnny, uh, Johnny hockey, Johnny Goudreau, Monaghan, um, you know, you have, uh, you know, Kachuk who's driving that team, uh, man, Japan who have hardly even know a whole lot about, but he's got 28 goals and in 52 games, Elias Lindholm's got uh, 53 points in 52 games, 24 goals. This is a really, really strong hockey team that again, every player on the team plays a hard brand of hockey. They're hard to play against. They're very, very tight teams. So this is someone that uh, you're going to have to watch out for in Calgary. And I think they're going to make some trades to, to make that team even better.
0: Colorado is going to be an interesting spot after this year and next year, because Nazem Kadri is having an unreal year and he's a UFA. And then you have Nate McKinnon after next year and his generous 6.3 million, which he's probably underpaid by at least 5 million uh, is going to be a UFA. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do in the next, uh, next. Well, Nate McKinnon,
2: do you, do you re-sign or re-up? nate mckinnon after this season absolutely you do so he has 39 games played he has 52 points right now 16 goals like he is without question can you not can we all agree that you would easily put him in the top five players in the national hockey league
1: yes
0: i might even go as far as say top three if i could and
1: and if you're mckinnon you you would sign if it's the if if it is a fair deal it doesn't have to be like the most paid, it doesn't have to be the biggest salary in the league, but if it is an extremely fair deal, it's a fair deal. What is a fair deal? Yeah.
2: <laughs> What's he making five. right now? What's He's he making, making six, right now? 6.3, six.
1: Six. 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 6.6. He, he has to start in the tens. It's got to be is making start, start with a nine point two five. Yeah. You have to be in the tens for sure.
2: Well, then, let me ask you so this. Why, why would
1: you leave if you're McKinnon? A Denver, unbelievable place to live. Denver, a, gorgeous a, a, sunshine state. <laughs> a real.
2: More, more <laughs> sun, you. more like, sun, you like, you like more Sundays
0: did, than I any. Did, did. Riv I has no it clue. Riv's, Riv's in full blown roster mode. He has no clue
1: what movie reference I was, but Just thank teed you. teed it you. up for you. Yeah. And you are on a very, very good team. He's got no motivation to leave if there's a fair deal. And I would, if I'm Colorado, that comes out the minute you can re-sign him you're offering that up and then you figure out your ways around it. Listen, I mean,
2: he's, he's made, he's made 40, he's made four, he's made probably $50 million in his career already. Once this deal is done. Now, if he goes and signs for $10 and a half million or even $11 million for eight years, I think they would do that. Uh,
1: all I can tell you is he, Who, who's they. Yeah. <laughs> you talking yeah. about Colorado? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Of course, man. The, there's no. I think they're worried about
2: him trying to set another bar. Like I, Connor McDavid set a bar a number yeah. of years ago, signing for twelve and a half million. He is the face and the best player in the National Hockey League. But he no, also signed that deal make, years you know, ago. Nobody should make more than than. Well, that's stupid I mean, to say, man. Because uh, Sidney be Crosby, Sid, the
1: same thing happened to Sid.
2: Sidney Crosby made eight point seven million dollars a year throughout his entire career, and he was the face of the league for for a decade. You, the agents are sharks. They are trying to push the envelope.
1: But the question is: there's, there's people. There's there's times though in your career that you push the envelope. I don't know that you do that because you're on such a good team in such a good city. With all being said, if he loves those things, you are taking a few off to, to continue that you're like, you're not on the Edmonton Oilers that, that is out of the playoffs. You're not on a Buffalo where you're, you're looking to get out. You know am Like, that you're not going to take a discount to be there. You have to Nazem
2: Kadri, 31 years old. He is having a storybook season right now. Currently in 51 games, Nazem Kadri has 22 goals and 68 points plus 23. What, what do you do if you're Nazem Kadri? He's going to have a lot of teams after him this year. Again, Nazem Qadri is coming off a deal that has paid him $27 million. He also signed an entry-level deal that paid him $3.5 million. Plus, How long he, signed term a, that you- plus he signed a two-year deal that paid him $5.8 million. So he's roughly, he's roughly made about $36, 37000000 million in his career. Oh, I forgot another one here because he made a one-year deal at four million. So he's made he's made over forty million dollars in his career. Nazem Kadri. He's thirty-one years old. If you're Nazem Qadri, he's making four point five right now. Where do you go? What number is a number that makes you stay or allows you to stay
1: in Colorado? I don't know. I mean, he's a $6 million player. Yeah. But. Oh my God. If you're, really? if you're, a, if you're a go-to guy, Jeff Skinner's making $9 million team, dollars right now. If you're a go-to guy on another team, I don't know that you have the success. Cadre has Kadri with the lineup that Colorado has fits in extremely nicely because he can just go and play his game. He doesn't have the pressure of being the top guy. That's a good point. He doesn't have the pressure of being McKinnon night in and night out. If I'm choosing to key on someone, I'm keying on McKinnon, not Kadri. I'm taking my chances that Kadri will, will beat me. I'm not letting McKinnon beat me. You're like, yep. that's what you do with Ovechkin. As opposed to a Backstrom or a, a semin at the time or a Oshi or yeah, you know, like you you have to try to shut down somebody. You know who's gonna be the collateral or damage on this team? The what? Collateral <laughs> damage. Collateral
2: damage. <laughs> Andre Burakovsky. Yeah. He's 27 years old. He's an he's also is an unrestricted free agent. He makes four point nine million dollars. They are going to have to make a decision. They're already going to have to pay, you know, Nate McKinnon probably uh, the 11, 11 and a half million dollars a year. But in order to be able to do that, you're going to have to shed salary somewhere. And that's going to be because they're going to probably want to keep Nazem Qadri more than they want to keep Andre Barakowski. Correct. So you're shredding 5 million dollars just in that player alone and probably lumping it right on top of McKinnon. So it's almost like losing a player and now you've got to deal with Nazem Kadri. Where do you go from 4.5? Does he make 75?
1: I, I don't Qadri? I don't know yes. I don't know that he makes 75 in Colorado.
2: Well, what's the number to keep him in Colorado? Uh,
0: I mean <laughs> You're going to have to give him a longer term. So you might have to give him, you know, you'll give, them you 7. give him 7.5 on a four year deal,
1: but you're, yeah, you're going to you give, give him six, six over six. Yeah. I don't know. But then again, now you're running into what type of player he's going to be at 36, 37, 38 exactly. years old. Yeah. And we've seen a lot you know of I mean? this. This has been the topic of
0: conversation around the NHL for years is you sign these 30, these 29 year olds, 30 year olds to eight year deals. Next thing you know, they're, they're at the end of their deal and they're bought out and they're, you know what I mean? And they're not living up to potential and, or to the salary.
1: The the, the problem is they go with what they're going to be the first four years of their deal, knowing that the last four they're not going to get the value that they need out of that player. Yeah. I mean, for you sign someone to a eight year deal at $10 million, that first four years, they're living up to every bit of it and maybe more, but then there's going to be a drop. Yeah. You know? And so these teams play that, that card that, you know, they, they, they take that guy for the immediate use and then they'll deal with the salary as it comes time. Three Two years left in his deal, they'll try to figure out a way to dump it somehow, whether that's a buyout, whether that's a trade retained salary, whatever it may be. that's what happens with those guys. and that's listen, to be honest, if you're an owner, you're a GM, and as a player, you want all the security you can, long-term, high money. But five years is a lot that can happen with players in five years and how they perform. So last five year term is a very long term contract in in the eyes of an owner and GM.
0: Last question I'll ask you guys. Do you see uh Steve Ott and Ryan Reeves going at it verbally last night? I mean Otter's on the bench as a coach and you got Ryan Reeves. Now they were teammates in St. Louis, but did you see this exchange at all? Riv, did you see i uh, Riv, I don't
2: even care. I, I know. saw a little bit. I saw a little bit. I think he, you know, squirted water over, but you know, he he'd been on that team for you know, quite some time, Ryan Reeves. Right, so he, he's very familiar with. They were going at it. Otts oh, like, turn around. What's your What's your last
0: name? I want to see your name. And then, and then Reeves says something like, "No, Johnny Scott to protect you tonight." Uh, any, you know what I mean? It's like it was. It seemed like there was. Uh, I don't know if it was fun and games, but I just sit there and I think, you know, I I love Reeves as a player. I do, but I mean, I was told once, don't yell at a coach. Ever doesn't matter if you know him or not. I remember I got into a verbal altercation in Pittsburgh with uh, Ed Olchuck because I was going after a bunch of their players. And I remember Ed Olchuck and I—I I think he was—he was the coach there, right? Ed Olchuck, Eddie O, wasn't he? Before he went to TV, I'm pretty sure he was in oh five oh six oh three oh four oh five oh six 4 five o six. Anyway, so I just remember James Patrick comes in. He's like, "Don't you ever speak to another coach ever again." don't do that that's that's over the line and i remember because they walk off we, we cross benches remember and they walked off they have to go across the ice and i remember eddie old chuck and i got into it and i know he was a head coach but he just basically jeep basically said just shut your mouth when it comes to talking to other coaches And i sit there and then i think like you know reeves just well,
2: what if, what if the coach on the other team was chirping you
1: what does jeep say then well, he, should have the, he should. Yeah. Well, he should have the same mentality that the coach shouldn't be chirping the player as soon as it, if that coach is chirping you, I think that opens the door, but I don't think you, yeah. Like I agree with James Patrick that you shouldn't chirp a coach, but if you're getting chirped, I think that opens that door. Yeah. I, he, I wasn't if he's coming at you. Then, you know, so I wasn't getting chirped by old Chuck, but anyway, I mean, but, I just see
0: this and I go ahead. What were you going to say?
1: No, but if you're friends and you're buddy, buddy, right? Like, I, I don't know how close Reeves and Otter are, but they played together for a few years. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think if that's one of my teammates, you know what I mean? Like say that Saku on the other side for you, Riz, you know, and he's chirping you that you're uh your dog shit defenseman who has no hands and you know what I mean? And then you're going to give it to him saying that he saw, I don't, I don't know. It depends the relationship between the two.
0: Hmm. I just look at, I look at Reeves. I, I don't know. I, am I, I'm, I, I, I tweeted last night from the, uh, after the whistle account, I just said, you know, Ryan Reeves, because I can't tell if this is real or not. And uh, you know what, either way, it's great content. It gives, you know, everyone's talking about it. And I just, I, you know, I said, Ryan Reeves would not have been- I, sorry. Sorry. I said Ryan Reeves, would, what a rookie would <laughs> Ryan Reeves would not have even been in the top 30 tough guys 15 to 20 years ago in the league. I don't know. I'm just tired of, I'm tired of the tough act. I, Cause I watch and I just think,
2: Oh my God, there were, you know, well, listen, I mean, he's a, he's a really tough, he's a really tough young man. Okay. There's no question about it the difference between him and the way he acts right now is he knows that there is literally three guys in the entire league, maybe four guys in the entire league that he would not fear. Cause I don't think he really fears anybody, but he knows that there's probably about maybe two, three guys that he needs to worry about. Okay. Back in the day, if he was, Dealing with the Stu Grimson's and, and the Tony twist and the Bob Proberts and, and you know, the blue guards, and you just go down the line, the McGrattons, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. I don't think that he would be smiling the way he does. I don't think that he would be approaching things the way he does, because there is danger on the other side. Extreme danger, and there's not just one of them. There's multiple guys on on each team back in the day. Um, but take nothing away from Ryan Reeves. He's he's uh, certainly you know uh, a tough guy. He's he's in the wrong era. I mean, he's not only can he play the game, he's a solid player, but he's in the wrong era. Fair enough, Petey. I wanted to uh, before we go. I know we're going to wrap things up here and uh you and i you sent me something from twitter the other day on a on a young guy from russia um and the reason why i know this player the other day is sent that to you two hours yesterday. ago was it two hours ago i thought it was yesterday
0: <laughs> i sent it to you
2: freaking eight twenty one a.m this morning that's that's years away okay <laughs> but anyway you sent me something about a young hockey player a young russian hockey player that uh is the same age as, as my oldest son. Um, I've known about this hockey player. His name is Ivan Miroshenko. Okay. Ivan Miroshenko is a 2000 born player. He's one of the top rated NHL picks this year. Okay. He's the top rated Russian player. He has been the Shane Wright of Russia for many, many years. And I've been able to kind of track his, development and what he's done throughout the last number of years well it just came out um today actually about 42 minutes ago sportsnet has just notified that the top 2022 nhl draft prospect ivan miroshenko has recently been diagnosed with hopkins, hopkins lymphoma and Get no out of here time off Dude, yeah that's
1: freaking brutal
2: Yeah, and this, we're talking without a doubt one of the best young hockey players in the world. Um, You've talked about him multiple times. I've talked about him since he was 13 years old, 12 years old. And uh, I just want to say that uh, my thoughts go out to to him, Um, and I hope that uh, he can, uh, you know, get better he's going to go through a process. There's no question about it. I've been through it with, uh, with my own family. Um, but, uh, I hope he can, uh, stay strong and get healthy. And, uh, hopefully we get to see him, uh, you know, playing in the national hockey league in the future.
1: Well said, well no, said. No doubt, buddy. No doubt. Yeah. Gio, thanks for, uh,
0: riding shotgun here with me along the Craig Reveille show today.
1: Thanks. I appreciate it. Rives, was, you did a good job. You just have to ask some more questions.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, my God, you, you, you rambled today, man. You, you, you had it, you were ready to rock. It's that new Peloton. You Yeah. A whole bunch of new energy.
2: Yeah. I just wanted to tell you that uh, I bought a Peloton. <laughs> I was on it for the first time yesterday and I, and I just actually realized halfway through the, uh, the, the ride that I was competing against other people. And there was 20, 29 other riders. And at the time I was 19th and uh, turned her up a notch. Just about died. Literally. I swear to God, I almost had a heart attack, but I came first, not a big deal. So uh, I'm going to take today the off
1: of Then
0: you looked and you realized I'm taking you were... today off because I'm exhausted. <laughs> then you looked and you realized
1: you were in the senior citizens group, but I have to say that. Why have to, I, I Why like, have to downplay I like... my win? I feel like this is what you do ribs. You come out hot, hot, and no, then you man. can't move the next day. And then you got to find consistency in your life, man. Like, listen, I wanted to show, it, make it a habit of your life. You know, you don't have to go and throw it all down in the first time and then not go back to that bike for two weeks. Listen, you I'm, walking away. I'm buddy. walking away. Consistency, I'm walking away a winner. Consistency.
2: I'm never riding that bike again. It was a horrible experience. <laughs> well, speaking of senior
0: citizens, I think I just landed or I haven't yet. Cause they haven't gone on sale yet, but I think I just, I'm going to be landing uh, tickets to see, you know, Metallica. <laughs> like, let's do a, let's do a full blown Seinfeld episode, circle it all <laughs> the way back to the beginning. Geo outstanding stuff, man. Thanks. Right. boys. All right. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Rave 52 at TheInstigator76. And You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.